Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant here with you, coming to you live from Columbia, all across the Mid-State, on Main Street media platforms everywhere. Glad to have you guys with us, and looking forward to our next segment, because it's always fun to follow up on Twitter Wars with Teresa and so Teresa was in a Twitter war with me and we, Oh Lord, we were discussing the Grizzlies 70 rebounds <laughs> and uh, I said they got out efforted and I said you that said yesterday that? on this show you did, you did. And, and I still believe that they did. I didn't say that they didn't give effort. give effort. I just think that maybe there was some effort extra on the experience side and, and Teresa actually, won me over to her argument. What was her argument? Her argument was that the Golden State Warriors have been there. They've done that, and they know how to do it better. <laughs> and that's a pretty darn good argument. That's a tough <laughs> argument to argue against, actually. So, so I don't know what you do at that point. You just say, you know what? Hey. You're, you're right. You nailed it, Teresa. I yeah. agree with you. And yeah. so, Teresa, how are you? Uh, bask in your glory today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm never ever wrong. I mean, there's that. about that. There's. Um, it's also but, hard to argue against Teresa because she is never in fact wrong. never wrong. <laughs> so there you go. Pretty much. But but th- that's the thing. The the Golden State Warriors, you know, they're older, and as Dylan Brooks said Friday night, we're common, and they, and they will. And this is these are the kind of battles the Warriors went through in 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. And when they were down two one against the Memphis Grizzlies in 2015 against the Grizzlies team, Mike Conley was still dealing with the fact that his face was broken the series before, Um, you know, that's when they kind of broke through and made their charge to their first title. They've been to five straight finals. Okay. Uh, I know that in 2016, they blew a three, one lead was wondering if they just might blow a 3-1 lead in this last series. But, you know, they they do have a core, Draymond Green, Steph, Clay Thompson, that while they're working in a bunch of young guys, those three guys, pretty good and pretty good at knowing how to kind of finish. And that was such a tight game Friday night. I mean, you know, Grizzlies had a lead, then the Warriors would come back, Grizzlies took it back. I mean, you know, it was like at one point there was 13 lead changes and seven ties. And, you know, they were fighting. It's just that Stephen Adams rolled an ankle mm-hmm. in the first half, went to the locker room. Jaron Jackson Jr. stepped on a cameraman in the first quarter who got out of the box, rolled his ankle. And then guys who have been good rebounders for them, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson. Brandon Clark has just been, I mean, he had been, he was a huge key for much of this postseason, you know, the averaging double-doubles off the bench. And he struggled. And that's the thing. It, you know, they just kind of hit their wall. I mean, they were playing their third straight game without the NBA's most improved player, the guy who finished seventh in the NBA MVP voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I'd had people telling me much of the season, no, he's not in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation. Uh, he finished ahead of Steph Curry and LeBron James. I think he's in the conversation now. So, you know, they kind of hit their wall of what they could do. Uh, without their top star and you know they're going to learn from this I mean uh, you know I was on the zoom after game six on Friday night and 
you know, they, they had their clean out media session on Sunday and the words that came from just about everybody. We love being here together. Oh yeah. The management, the owner, uh, whose, uh, personal wealth has just absolutely exploded since he bought this team a few years ago is determined to pay what it takes to financially keep this team together. John Morant is going to be, he can get a five-year max contract uh, before June 30th. And the GM kind of said, whatever the NBA rules say I can do, I'm going to do it. So, and, and, oh yeah, Ja, you know, where does he want to be? Does he want to be anywhere other than Memphis or, or does he want to be in Memphis to rephrase that? He kind of said, heck yeah. Not the exact word he said there before. Yeah. But I mean, and you know, they're all working. They all couldn't wait to get back in the gym. Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, they have to work harder to get their bodies ready for a longer postseason on top of an 82-game season. So, you know, they saw firsthand what they've got to do to get there. And I, I just say this, guys. I think that this is a massive learning point. This franchise just got in the playoffs last year. Missed the playoffs the year before in the bubble in Orlando. This year, in their third year with John Morant and this young core, the second youngest team in the NBA during the regular season, youngest team in 25 years to make it to the second round. And they've got an off season now to work on this and take the next step. And, and, and here's the thing. If they had finished off Golden State, not only would they have home court in the Western Finals because Phoenix took the tailpipe on Sunday, uh, they would have had home court advantage in the finals because they had a better record than Boston or Miami. So, you know, they sit around. That's got to eat at them a little bit, knowing how close they were. And, guys, John Morant missed 25 games during the regular season. So, yeah, he has to play more games. Dylan Brooks missed huge chunks of the season. I think he only played 32 games. He had just come back in January, hurt another ankle, and, you know, just come back in, in, in March. So if this team can get this team healthy to play the majority of the season together, watch out. You know, Teresa, as you talk about all of that and you talk about how young this team is, and there's no way around it, this is a young team. Um, while the Grizzlies owner is breaking the bank, for Ja, might he want to turn his couch upside down and shake out some coins to get a veteran Robin for Ja as Batman? Well, that has kind of been – here's the thing. I think they may have him already on the roster. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look at Desmond Bain. The kid went from averaging 8.2 points a game in his rookie year to uh, uh, 19 points his second season has led the NBA in three-point percentage over these two seasons. Uh, I mean, we're talking the whole league, okay? He just became the third player in NBA history to hit at least seven threes in back-to-back games. Uh, you know, and it depends on what you're thinking of as a Robin. I mean, Tyce Jones, you know, that, that team is really effective when they go with both of them on the court. That frees up Ja to be more of a creator uh, and, and scorer than distributing the ball, which he is incredibly good at. Tyus Jones is going to be a free agent this year. That's a guy that, you know, that they're going to have to think very close about as to how much do they try, how much do they offer to try to keep him on this team. And if he, they do lose him, 
then they've got to go replace that guy. It's almost like this is a team that just needs to grow together and get better. I mean, you know, the, the addition of Steven Adams really opened up, I think, this offense far more than, you know, they, they got rid of Jonas Valanciunas another big guy, double-double machine, but, you know, he just couldn't do some of the things that Steven Adams does. I mean, he's, it, for a big Kiwi, I mean, it's amazing what he can do distributing the ball around the paint and score and rebound himself. So, you know, yeah, there's going to be a couple pieces. I mean, Zach Kleeman, the GM, named the NBA Executive of the Year last week. Uh, he was making so many moves last year. It was dizzying, in, in fact. I mean, Patrick Beverly, who got – such attention yesterday for his criticism of Chris Paul was briefly a grizzly last August, but 36 years, uh, you know, there was trades to hear. I mean, you know, Rajon Rondo was briefly a grizzly for a brief moment. I mean, it was just, well, and thank goodness he's same. not right now with what he's dealing with, by the way. Say that again. I said, thank goodness. Rajon Rondo is not a grizzly right now with the off court situation yeah. that he's got going on. Um, I'm very glad that he's not a Grizzly. So, I mean, I'm expecting him to make moves. I did not expect the move last year to move up to number 10 and take Zaire Williams. And that kid, just the light flipped on for him in in February. And he was making big shots against the Warriors and defending Seth Curry at times uh, and doing a good job of that. So uh, I'm just curious to see what all they do do this season because that's the thing. They understand what they've got, that they've got a wide open window with a young team and that they can be the Golden State Warriors of this decade. And that's why I can't I, I'm, I'm resting up now because, guys, I, I am expected to be very busy deep, deep into May next year. I guess, Teresa, my thing is, again, as you talk about all of the issues that they had that were youth related, if there's not a veteran presence that couldn't help with that learning curve as far as that goes. Or, like you said, maybe they just grow through it and go through it. Well, that's the thing. I, I, th I think that's something that they're going to have to decide. There was not a single player on that roster who made a single point for them this season who was 30 or older. So, you know, this young crew – they're confident. I mean, it's like, you know, I think I've said it before. They don't know what they're not supposed to do. They just want to go win. And they are willing to go work. I mean, Desmond Bain said he's going to drag Zaire Williams with him to the gym this summer, you know, to work on his shot and to help him improve. Uh, and, and actually, Bain has a former TCU uh, a teammate, Kendrick Davis, who, you know, transferred to Memphis. So they're going to be working out together. So that's the interesting thing that, uh, you know, that they have to decide. I mean, I, they seem to understand what they need to do. I mean, they, you know, posted comebacks all throughout, you know, the, 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 the comebacks in the uh, first round against Minnesota, they did that all year. Uh, being able to blow out teams, you know, and win by big margins, they did that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, somebody with experience could bring to this roster, uh, you know, and help point the way. Now, if you're talking about, you know, maybe Bronny, James and LeBron were ever to come up to Memphis, you know, that, uh, you know, that's a conversation of a different matter, but you know, we're going to have to just wait and see how that goes. Teresa, I want to, I want to switch gears real quick and talk about Traylon Burks who signed his rookie deal today. We get four years of Burks for what it would have cost 10 games of, a, of AJ Brown. So that's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, yeah, and I actually I saw some charts uh, that rated the Titans as managing their cap space, being in fairly good cap space. 
uh, you know, that's the thing that helps them. You know, now the question is, can Traylon Burks help replace him on the field? And, you know, that's, that's the one, you know, for everybody who were upset about A.J. Brown, they now have, uh, you know, a, a young wide receiver and cost certainty, so to speak, for the next five years. Because, you know, him being a first-round pick, unlike A.J. Brown, you can pick up that fifth-year option like they did with Jeffrey Simmons a couple weeks ago to buy yourself more time to get to the extension stage and, and, and control that, that money a, a bit. So when, why is that important? Well, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be wanting an extension soon. So, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next two years with the quarterback spot. So getting some savings under the salary cap, always a good thing. Yeah, no question there. I'm excited to see, uh, the rest of this this salary cap because the the Titans were certainly in a precarious situation before this season, but it certainly seems like John Robinson has kind of dug himself out of that hole, and and that's that's important not just for this year but for for many years going forward because again you got to pay Jeffrey Simmons at some point. I just hope that the past years, because again, as I pointed out on this show some time ago. A.J. Brown's trade wasn't just an A.J. Brown thing. It was an accumulation of things prior to A.J. Brown. And so hopefully once John Robinson works himself out of bad contract jail, he can figure a way to stay out. Well, and guys, sometimes that happens when you're trying to, you know, when you when you try. They got so cheap with Ryan Tannehill, right? Uh, in 2019, but then they had to pay up with the new deal. They had to pay up for Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, that's the, the curse almost of drafting a bunch of good players. You know, you either sign them or, or they go elsewhere. And, you know, it, 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 it's never, ever easy. The salary cap will be going up. Uh, and, and, you know, what we have seen is that with Vin Marino and John Robinson, they've done a pretty good job of, of managing that, that cap number. Right now, uh, the Titans are, you know, by spotrack.com, they're 29th in the league with $1.94 million in, in space. Now, once we get to June 1st in a couple weeks, that will go up because you get the benefit of having, you know, the, the release of uh, Julio Jones as a post-June 1 cap hit. I think they get like $9 million back for that. So that'll certainly jump them back up the board. So, you know, it's, it's all about managing and what this franchise has done since the bloodletting of February 2004 is do a pretty good job of doing just that and managing the cap. And that's, that is, you know, the most important thing in the NFL is finding a way to keep your best players and yet have enough role players good enough to win football games. And John Robinson has been pretty good at that over the last few years. I mean, so let's give him uh, let's give him credit for that for sure. Teresa Walker, the Associated Press here with us. Before we let you go, Teresa, I want to just get your final thoughts on uh, the Nashville Predators and where they go from here. Uh, we talked with a couple of different folks last week, Christopher Martell and Pete Weber, who both say that this this franchise as a whole is in a pretty good spot as long as they could keep the core that's currently there together and build with young talent. Yeah, that seems so, but they do have decisions to make. I mean, John Hines, you know, the team has an option, but his contract's up. So, and if you pick up that one-year option, guess what? You're not picking up just the year. You have to do an extension. So, 
Uh, David Poyle is 72, will be 73 in February. Is this, a, is this the time to do a quick reset and, you know, look at, you know, what they can do, what they have done and what they could maybe do differently. So um, it, 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 somebody pointed out on Twitter earlier today that, you know, it seems like it's the longest since uh, a season ended that we haven't heard from David Poyle. That's because a lot of decisions are being made. So, and, and where does this franchise need to go? I mean, you know, coming off of the incredible season, Roman Yossi, Norris Trophy candidate, best scoring season by a defenseman in 29 years, uh, two 40 goal scorers for a franchise that hadn't had a, a, a goal scorer top 34 before this season. Uh, you know, Tanner Janot and, you know, leading all rookies in goals. And then, oh, yeah, your, your, your goaltender in his first true year without Pekka Rene now being retired is a Vezina finalist. So, so much went right. And then at the end, they were just so exhausted. And it's like, I would argue that the aggressive identity that they built with John Hines took a toll. They, they led the league by far in fighting majors, penalties, penalties per minute. And when you play that physical aggressive style, it takes a toll. And I think we saw that in April because it's almost like a, a, a switch flip. You know, the team that was thumping people and scoring six and seven goals a game in March you know, we're, we're scrapping for goals in, in April and simply ran out of steam in, in being swept in the playoffs. So uh, very curious to see what those next steps are for the Nashville Predators. Hopefully there's a lot of introspection because, uh, trust me, they're, you know, if they think that they got picked apart for being swept, just wait if, you know, depending on what happens this next season or if they don't get a deal done with Philip Forsberg. There you go. Teresa Walker. Associated Press, Teresa, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Glad we were able to get her on this time. It was it was a, a rough go last week, but that's why we went a little bit over. Got an extra, an extra five minutes out of her, so actually eight minutes, I guess. JP, let's take a quick break and come back with more We'll just kind of react to a little bit and, and, and add on to what Teresa had to say because there, there's some things that, some nuggets in there that we need to maybe expound upon. So we'll be back on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Join after this.